down a bottle of water. I always end up getting caught in mouth about halfway through these things and then it totally messes me up. <laughs> Thank you guys. Um, I'm just going to jump straight into this chapter. Um, but before I do, I just feel a real burden to tell you or really to ask you, please do not waste your life. Do not let your life go to waste. These testimonies, these student testimonies that come up every week, the common theme that I see through every single one is, I really thought I knew what life was about. And then I found out uh, that I, it didn't fill me the way I, I thought it would, or um, I found something that really did completely, and that's Jesus. And so um, I'm, I'm just going to start uh, we're in Matthew 6 tonight. You can flip there in a Bible or look it up on the Bible app. Um, I'm going to go a little bit weird. I'm going to jump straight to verse 19, and, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where the moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is within you, or if then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I mean, this, this passage is so straightforward. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy. And life here on earth is temporary. Even if you live to 120, that's a long time. Imagine what was going on 120 years ago. I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not a history major. But it's so incredibly short in compared to a thousand years, a million years, a billion years, eternity, forever. But just because this life here on earth is temporary, that doesn't make it insignificant. How you spend your life here on earth matters for the eternity that is to come later. Imagine it like this. This is going to be weird because I'm holding a mic, but... This is a real, actual $100 bill. My whole bank account is empty, but it's fine. And this is a real, actual lighter. Now, it's cold today. I'm pretty cold. Even the sweatshirt, it's not doing it enough for me. So I think to warm up, I'm going to light this $100 bill on fire so that I can be warm for the next, I don't know, 30 seconds. I don't know how long it takes to light. What do you think? Just kidding, I'm not going to do that. That would be crazy, right? I mean, that would be nuts. I would be a crazy person if I just lit this $100 bill on fire in front of you because $100 could do a lot for me or for others. If I didn't really want it, if I just could throw $100 away, at least I could be using it to help somebody. Also, I'm pretty sure it's illegal, so I don't think I want to do that on camera. <clears throat> but 
it would be crazy for me to burn something that had so much value just so that I could be warm for 30 seconds. Man, that's what our lives are like. You are so much more valuable than this bill. Your life means so much more to God than any amount of money. Yet we are tempted to throw our lives away, to let them pass us by in, in a blip of time just for 30 seconds of warmth. Man, this chapter is full of examples on how we could fully leverage our lives to do what really matters most for the eternity that's coming. So one thing theme that I see in this chapter is don't live for people's praises. We're going to jump way back to the start of the chapter, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that you, your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And then jumping down to verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you, put, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do you hear the theme? It's, it's really consistent. Um, Christianity is not a contest of who can be the nicest, kindest person, the most spiritual person in the world. It's about a loving relationship with the God that created us. That's why the verses that they're saying to, to pray in a secret place, it's just you and the Father. That's why uh, it talks about giving to the needy, not as a way to show off, but as a way to really honor God through your actions. This was never meant, following God was never meant to be about bragging rights or about lifting yourself up. Um, I have a confession to make. Um, I do CrossFit and you know, I, I have to apologize to everybody who I've ever made fun of for doing CrossFit. You know, like those memes. There's this one that always sticks in my head. It's the funniest thing. It's this kid, he's at a desk. He's got like a shaved head. And he's sitting there like this. And it's like his veins are popping out and, and he's like, he's super red. And, and the caption says something like, people who do CrossFit when they haven't told somebody in 10 seconds. <laughs> you know, and it's... Okay, I, I get you now. I get it, okay? CrossFit is hard. It's hard work. And you want to tell people about how hard you just worked. You know, like I, I didn't die the hero, so now I lived myself long enough to see myself become the villain. And it's, 
It's really crazy. You know, sometimes I'm tempted to maneuver conversations so that I can tell people, yeah, I do CrossFit, you know? Like, you do this thing right here. Oh, man. Oh, it's just so sore. Ah, it's so sore, you know? Somebody ask me about it. (laughs) Or like, hey, what are you doing on Thursday? Yeah, that's cool. I have CrossFit, so I'm going to go do that. You know, it's it's no big deal. I do it every Thursday. It's cool. (laughs) This is like kind of a silly example. But it it reminds me of how serious these verses are when Jesus is telling us that we need to be sure that when we're doing good things, that we're doing it for God and not to puff ourselves up. You know, like maybe if you're uh, in a prayer circle and it's your turn to pray out loud, you know, you were like number five to go and you were listening to everybody, but only so that you could hear how they pray and try and pray like, like them or better, you know, like, oh, I gotta sound super smart and be really impressive. There's nothing wrong, of course, with like planning ahead. The, the, there's a part that I skipped over, you know, I jumped to verse 16, where the Bible says we shouldn't babble. There's, it's okay to plan ahead. But to do so in order to make yourself sound cooler while you're trying to talk to God is so us-centric, you know? Or maybe you are the kind of person that is just way more likely to help somebody else in need as long as you're going to get credit for it, you know? Oh, I'll, I'll give you this money that you need, you know, and, and uh, hopefully they go around and they tell people, oh, yeah, they really helped me out of a tough situation. You want to be known as the guy who helps people, Man, that's not what this life is about. It is exhausting to try and make everybody like you. Man, these things that we should be doing to show how awesome God is, we twist so that we can show people how awesome we are. Matthew 5, 15 through 16 says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is saying there, like, there should be some actions that glorify God, that that other people see, you know? Like, you should be helping the needy. You shouldn't, you shouldn't pass by somebody who needs your help just because other people are there and they might see you. That's what I'm saying. Man, it's about your motives. Where is your heart at? Do you want to glorify God or do you want to glorify yourself? It is not a good way to live. So try to bless someone this week and don't tell anybody. Try and do it in the most anonymous way possible. You know, write him an encouraging note. Type it up. I don't cut out magazine, you know, like almost like a threatening letter, but nice. (laughs) Do something. Bless somebody else and then give that to God. Say, God, this is really, this was for you. This was to glorify you. Please, like, help this be a blessing to this person. 
The other way you can waste your life, another theme that I see in this passage, is worry. Worry distracts us from what God wants us to do right now. It keeps, it keeps our thoughts on things that we can't control and then has, us, has our wheels spin out of control in, in ways that aren't helpful. So jumping back in, uh, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass, the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I've heard it said that worry is probably the most acceptable sin in our culture right now. We don't rebuke each other for it. In fact, actually, uh, we encourage each other in it. Yeah, you should be worried about that. And actually, here's some more things you should worry about that you probably didn't even think of. But do you see verse 25? It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. That's not a, uh, a, a comforting word, you know, like, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. That is a command. Do not worry. Worry is a mechanism it's a response that we have for our lack of control over a situation. And it shows our lack of trust in God when we worry. In fact, uh, my pastor um, from the church that I attend, he's often said, um, worry is like effectively being an atheist or acting like an atheist, even if you have faith. Worrying is saying, I do not trust God with this situation. And verses 28 through 30 show us, man, how generous and how capable God is. Like it said, God closed the fields, and the fields are here today and gone tomorrow. How much more does he love you and want to care for you and help you in your time of need? Man, and some of you probably are thinking like, well, you know, Jacob, that's all good and all, but I worried about this test that I was supposed to take today, and that caused me to study, and so I did good on the test, so, you know, worry could be a good thing. Here's a thought for you. What if you just studied for your test and then trusted God without the worry, and then 
your life would probably feel a lot better and you'd be able to focus more on what God has for you. Man, these pitfalls are ultimately pitfalls. I'm going to jump back to where, where I started here, why I started um, halfway or, or three-quarters of the way down this, this chapter. They're pitfalls because in the end, at the end of your life, if you continuously give in to the praises of people and the worries of this life, you will have wasted your life. And think about it, it makes sense, right? Like, think about middle school. Everything was a big deal in middle school. I worried about a lot of things, but I couldn't tell you what they are now. I don't remember exactly what they were. I remember being a worried wreck all of the time, but I, I couldn't tell you what I was worried about specifically. And that's because just time kept moving on and I have more things I have to deal with in my life. But that's going to keep happening. I mean, think of the year 4,896. Are our worries right now going to be even a thought in that year? <laughs> but you know, there are three things that will last until the year 4,896 and beyond. God, the word of God, and people's souls. You were created to live forever. In, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Man, we were made to live with God for eternity. So let's focus on that. What can we do today, tomorrow, this week to impact the things that will last forever? God, the word of God, and the souls of people. Who can you tell about God's great redemption story? Who do you want to see in heaven with you? And those are the things that are going to matter in a hundred years. Those are the things that we're going to be uh, wishing we had lived for when we're 80. That is the answer that this chapter gives us. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Man, nothing Nothing you will find on this earth is better than seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. So what's something in your life that you need to change so that you can be living for God, the word of God, and people's souls? Is there something that God, if he were to put his finger on it and say, hey, I need you to change this, would you do it? Some of you might be thinking right now, oh, I know exactly what God would want me to change in my life. What steps do you need to take to do that, to put God first? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to uh, pray. And uh, I'm going to ask you guys to come before God with me, wherever you're at, and, and pray to him 
and ask him, God, is there anything I've put first before you? Please show me whether you've been a Christian for 30 years or you're not a Christian yet. And this is your time to reach out to God and ask him, what is the thing that I'm missing here? What will ultimately fulfill me and how can I put you first? So I'm going to go ahead and pray. God, uh, I admit that I've strayed away. I admit that I focused more on on my worries of my life or, or what others think of me than what you think of me and my relationship with you. God, please point out the areas of my life where you aren't first and help me to tear those down. Help me to look toward you. Help me to... Um, God, just help me to put you first in every area. I don't want to waste my life. I want to hear at the end of my life, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, help me to get there. Show me what I need to know now to get there. In Jesus' name, amen.